Here at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks, hitting the marks.com presented by the HTM Podcast Network. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's the real RBB. He's on location somewhere in the great state of OHIO. The Durant to my curry. Rick, welcome back to HTM Sports. It's me, it's me. It's that all of the B to the V. Glad to be back here. Hashtag HTM Sports. Want to give a major shout out, Mr. BWO Steve for me last week. But hey, we have got so much, we got so much ground to cover here. I know I don't want to take it up too much, but I do want to give a plug to the beautiful people I'm here with. It's on the west side of Cincinnati. It is a premier sports destination. It is Champions Grill. You know, if you, if you want, I'm looking around here. I just saw a little count before we were doing our countdown. Man, I'm looking at like 40 televisions. You can't turn your head without catching action. The finest eats on the west side, the finest drinks, the finest people. This is what it's all about. And this, is where you come to talk why I'm here. Well, I'm happy to have you back, Huckleberry. Of course, last week we had BWO Stevie on. I think we might have Stevie with us next week as we talk a little bit of NFL draft. And I guess that's the place to start this week is the NFL draft, which goes down Thursday. It's happening in the great city of Nashville. Seems like an odd place for the NFL draft. But, Rick, I guess the, the big money question at this point is Kyler Murray still the number one pick? Because it seems as though the Arizona Cardinals are hedging a bit. They really, really like Josh Rosen. All indications were they were going to take Kyler Murray. What do you think? Are they still going to take a quarterback at number one? Well, first of all, you know, don't bash Nashville. You know, after all the, the success from the asylum in NWA 70, it's no wonder that all the major sports leagues are kind of just ascending upon the city of Kyle Murray is still the number one overall. The only reason we're having discussions about this is because this draft class is a little bland. It's not as exciting or sexy to the consumer, if you will. I mean, this isn't a uh, buy a Big Mac, get a quarter pounder for an extra dollar. These are tremendous athletes, but there's not a lot of sales pitch behind this. Yeah, I guess my biggest question is not so much is Kyler Murray the number one pick, is Arizona still going to be picking at number one? Because it wouldn't surprise me to see mass chaos break out on Thursday and see somebody trade up to get him. Well, I'm going again in here. You know, Thursday, they do, they do not want this rating to dip in any way. They do not want this thing to be cookie cutter, you know, throughout. They want to get some controversy going here. They want people to be wondering what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to move one bit. They're going to take him at number one, and then we're going to see who moves on from there. 
There's not a whole lot of viable options if Kyler Murray is not the number one pick. As I look at people outside of Kyler Murray that I think I could even justify being the number one pick, I have Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle from Alabama, Nick Bosa, defensive end from the Ohio State University, Josh Allen, outside linebacker from Kentucky, Devin White, outside linebacker from LSU, and Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. Like, this is a very defensive line offensive line heavy draft I don't know if there's anybody that I'm going to be jumping up to other than Kyler Murray if you really really like Kyler Murray well I think you do run into when we look at needs and what's available a lot of these teams and you're looking in the top what 10 to 12 they have to define their franchise and when you talk about defining a franchise you're talking about a quarterback position or a key defensive spot mainly on that quarterback side. There's a handful that need that quarterback, and there's not many that's going to be available there. So they might be manipulating this system to try to make a move for a couple of these people. Now, the big question coming into this thing, are we looking at a handful of franchise quarterbacks? No, absolutely not. I certainly don't think so. I mean, I think there's three quarterbacks inside of this draft that I think are going to be NFL quarterbacks that are going to be week-in, week-out starters inside the NFL, but I don't know if there's any of them that I'm going to consider a top-10 quarterback in three years. Uh, you know, and it's all about – well, even looking like comparing – I know we're going to talk a little NBA playoffs later, but, you know, when you go early in any draft, when you're, when you're going to be an immediate player – you end up in a train wreck. So the most successful quarterbacks we see later or go late first round or later where they're going to sit and learn where they actually have talent around them to help them succeed, all that pressure on an early signing to change your franchise. So you almost want to go later here. So I'm almost wondering, like, if a Haskins, if he could slide a little later into the teams, you know, if there's a lot of people moving around, shifting from, you know, those top tiers, is that going to play to his advantage? We'll talk about Haskins here in just a minute because I think he's one of the guys that if Kyler Murray does fall out of number one, things are going to get real interesting real quick. There's a couple of teams I think are really looking to do something inside of this draft. Number one being Oakland. Oakland is one of these teams that they already have a ton of picks. Evidently, John Gruden likes Kyler Murray. We know Derek Carr and John Gruden are on kind of shaky ground. Is there any chance that Derek Carr gets moved before Thursday and the Raiders move up to number one and just take Kyler Murray? I think at this point, everyone knows the hand and that his. And really, that franchise, they look like a bunch of lost boys with Peter Pan at the helm. And I'm talking about Chucky there. You know, they, they really don't have a home right now. They're waiting till things get settled in Vegas. They've already done this hype. They're trying to sell tickets in Oakland where everyone is bailing left and right on them. They don't want to lose everything. Going back to why they probably signed Brown. Yeah, because they want to shake it up. This guy could be a Raider. This is somebody you want to follow. You gotta, you're going to buy tickets this year. They've already come out. They made this like, what, ridiculous statement. They're going to, they're going to surprise everyone with the number four pick. Yeah, I, I, which really kind of takes me aback because I look at what's going to be available at number four. I mean, really, you're, you're looking at an outside linebacker, a defensive tackle, or you're going to take Haskins, which seems completely out of left field for the Raiders. Well, you know, again, though, you know, they've always, with their new GM, 
they've come in and said they want to be more Patriot esque. Maybe they trade that for some that crazy amount of different on the board. But right now, you know, this whole thing's about drawing attention to your team to sell tickets and try to grab ratings for this draft. Well, I think the other thing that we have to take into consideration is the Derek Carr part of the equation and how much money Derek Carr is making. If you could move Derek Carr and you could get up to Kyler Murray, that means you have a quarterback on a rookie deal going into Vegas, which is going to be a free agent destination, and you'll have a whole lot of money to spend. Well, George, let me throw this at you, though. You know, what is Carr worth on that market right now? What do you, I guess it's a, two, it's a two-part question. What is he worth in the draft? And what is he worth post draft? Oh man, that's that's a, a difficult question. Um, well, you know, those are the questions that these GMs and these war rooms are going to have to deal with. Do you, do you over compensate where everyone gets excited, or do you hold off and call the Raiders bluff? It depends on the team. I mean, because I think there's a lot of teams in, in very different situations. Like, if you're a team like Arizona, I don't think Derek Carr is necessarily that valuable because the rest of the team around him is an absolute mess. If you're a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars and you throw Derek Carr on there, you're, you're talking about an absolute contender there inside of the AFC South. I mean, very different trains of thought depending on the team. There, there was a leak last night on the USA Network. There might be a major deal in the works between the Vikings and the Raiders. Yeah. How about that? Viking Raiders. Good stuff. Another team looking to make a splash, and we know that they have draft picks coming literally out their wazoo, is going to be the New England Patriots. Now, we know the Patriots are going to be in the market for a quarterback. They've got to look forward past Tom Brady at least a little bit. But I don't think think that there's any talent at the top of this draft that Belichick is going to try to move that far up for, at least not that quickly. But there is TJ Hawkinson, there is Noah Font, and we know that they do need a tight end. It wouldn't surprise me if Hawkinson comes off that board in those top 10 picks, I think you're going to see New England start moving around so they can get up there to Noah Font because I don't think they're that high on Herb Smith coming out of Alabama. I would agree with you 100% here, but, but I'm going to go back to the Patriot way of doing business. You know, if there's not something there for the absolute picking for them near the top, they might just get out of this whole draft and just rely on going to the free agency. Yeah, if they lose both of those Iowa tight ends, I think that's a real possibility. If Hawkinson makes it past number 10, it wouldn't surprise me at all. The Patriots got 12 draft picks, and they really need a tight end. They could be on the move real early inside this well, draft. And I, and I actually think, you know, within this draft, when we talk about the excitement, the dynamics of this draft, where maybe we don't have the over-the-top players, you know, the the, the catalyst, the spotlights, the marquees, there's a lot of underlining stories here, and the Patriots will know that. There's a lot of teams that have exact needs and want to have every opportunity, every dark they have to throw at that board to try to hit that bullseye. The Patriots will expose that just like they always do. If Belichick gets a hold of Hawkinson, watch the freaking hell out. I, I, I'm kind of looking at it with all the picks. I know we're going to talk about here in a minute with the Giants. I think Belichick could expose the Giants for every pick they've got because they, they have more picks than the Patriots right now. Yeah, the Giants are an interesting one and because of Dwayne Haskins. That's really what this all comes down to. Where is Haskins going to go? If Kyler Murray is not the number one pick, 
is Has if Haskins and Murray are both on the board and you're the New York Giants, obviously you've thought that you were going to get Haskins. You it seemed clear that that was the pick a couple of weeks ago. Do you pivot and go to Kyler Murray because he's a very different quarterback than what Dwayne Haskins is? And inside that New York market, I think I take Haskins over Murray. Well, I'm looking at. I love the how you laid it out there. You know, it's just not about your hot pick or who is rated, you know, higher on these depth charts by, you know, the ESPN experts and all that. It's about what fits into your franchise. If it fits more into that New York style of football, then you're going to head with Murray. Yeah. Now, I would throw out there, though, you know, there's rumors around here. I'm sitting here in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. There's rumors that they might try to make a move. Everything's going to kind of hinge on that first pick because you might see a whole shift here. You know, even if the Raiders at four, they start trading around, the Bengals might make a move to get him. Okay, but here's my question about the Bengals. What do they have for assets going into the draft that they can move other than picks? Well, at that point, you know, that's what you're using. You're just hoping that you bring in Haskins maybe sitting for a year, and you're hoping that your team is floundering around that five, six, seven wins where you're high in the draft and you're going to be, you know, stockpiled on your high up on those second, third, fourth rounds where you can supply that. Okay, well, let me ask you this, and this is a very complicated question, and it's more complicated than it sounds. Are you willing to sacrifice the Cincinnati Bengals for Dwayne Haskins? Because you're you're probably going to have to give up picks not only this year, but in order to give up picks that are going to be high enough, you're going to have to give up future year picks as well. I understand Haskins went to Ohio State. I understand that Cincinnati is in Ohio. I understand that sells tickets, but you're going to hurt your draft for probably the next two to possibly three years. Is Haskins worth that? You know, I, I think at this point, you, you want that franchise market. You want that is going to sell tickets and it's just not going to sell tickets here in Southern Ohio. Now you're, now you're expanding into Brown's territory into central Ohio where they usually dominate. You're going to get into that Buckeye market. They're going to gravitate more or towards you, which is going to open up room for you to spend more on free agency. Where now in the NFL, you don't have to rely so much on these younger players coming in. You can boom, go get people off that top end of other teams, bring them in for a run like this. That is, you know, that's something you need to consider. And it's about owning the state itself, especially when up north where my official address is, you know, how hot they are. You have to compete there as well. So then the other possibility, and this seems logical to me, is the Miami Dolphins at number 13. So if Haskins comes off the board to the Giants at number five, you still have Kyler Murray on the board. The other guy that's going to be on the board is Drew Locke, who I think will probably be the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. But knowing the Miami Dolphins, they could go with their guy, Drew Locke, who's going to be a pocket-passing quarterback, and everything will be absolutely wonderful, just the way they've been drawing it up for months now. But they're the Miami Dolphins. They'll take Kyler Murray, throw the entire franchise into a tailspin. He's going to go down there to South Beach and get himself in all kinds of trouble because that's his personality. That seems like a match made in hell. But the Dolphins will do it because the Dolphins are a train wreck, and that's what the Dolphins do. You know, one of the things that always kind of amazed me with the Dolphins is that they don't realize that. You cannot bring in you know a position like quarterback where it's so hot that – 
flavor is so intense in your franchise. And you're going to bring in a young kid and try to throw him in the South Beach like that. You know, to me, their business model should be, you know, even going back, like they should have been on the hunt for like a Brett Favre, someone that could handle himself a little bit. Even even though he was wild, he knew how to control a little bit. He might be showing a couple dick pics out on the sand, but he's not going to go over the top. You you look for you know, like a Trent Dilfer who was in Tampa that led them on, something like that, you know, then went to Baltimore. You, you look for a, a great leader like that instead of these hot flashes. But, you know, but all of your marketing, your advertising comes around that hot position at quarterback. Okay, so here's what I'm going to predict happens, all right? And this seems absolutely insane, but this is my prediction going into Thursday, and this isn't going to happen. But if it does, I'm going to look really, really freaking smart. Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins week one of next season. The Arizona Cardinals move down to number 13, and the Raiders jump all the way up to number one and draft Kyler Murray. That's what I think is really going to end up happening come Thursday. War Raiders. Yeah, War Raiders. Is this a bad draft? Is this a bad draft for for at least the TV product? Because this is not a sexy draft. You don't have a whole lot of flashy quarterbacks. You don't have a whole lot of real great wide receivers up at the top. This is going to be a defensive lineman, linebacker, offensive lineman heavy first round of the draft. Are, are people watching on TV just going to be bored? Well, you know, I, I, I really think, honestly, I don't think there is a bad draft. There's a reason they moved this to prime time. Because those that are watching it understand it. And they want to see, you know, what their teams and their competitors are really going to do. Now, on a sense of, like, TMZ sports or something like that, yeah, we, we don't have the people that have been busted for domestic abuse or maybe have a drinking problem or, the, or you know, or the over-the-top personalities that, you know, that Nike's grasping towards. But this is a very talented class. And it, I think, you know, in five years, we look back here, this group might define a whole league. Like, seriously, like, look back at a draft. Like, when you're looking back at, what was it, the 82 class in the quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Where, where you had Jim Kelly, you know, all the Damry, all those guys coming out, 81, 82, whatever like that. This might be a defining class like that. And especially, hey, championships start in the trenches. That's true. I think of all the players in the draft, I think Bose is the number one player. In the draft, it'll be. Well, that, you know what's so amazing about pick. that is, you know, he sat out, and that, that probably hurt his stock. Yeah, that's true. But all, you know, if that injury would have, you know, prolonged a little bit, he might not be here. Yeah. Let's throw things over to the NBA. Let's talk some NBA playoffs, Huckleberry. I, it felt like it was WrestleMania week. I'd done basically nothing with my life but watch NBA playoffs for the last two days. It's a lot of basketball, man, and at a certain point, much like wrestling, it all kind of starts to blend together. I guess, I think it was Saturday. I started watching NBA basketball at, like, noon, and I think I quit at, like, 11 o'clock that night. It was just a gauntlet of NBA basketball. Well, I think, you know, it's one knock against both. You know, it, 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 it kind of what makes both of their playoffs, their postseason, so amazing, NBA and NHL. But that first round is so grueling to get through before you really get, you know, cut it down. To the teams that are going to be there, at least in the NHL. Now we're going to get to that. You know, it, it was a little exciting. We've seen some major upsets, but the NBA is kind of playing out as most expected. Well, not me because you know I'll just go out there. I, I just throw my head on the chopping block here. I've been talking about it for over a month, and I completely 
swing and miss. Uh, hey, you could put me batting number three uh, downtown tonight at Great American Ballpark for the Reds because I could do just as good of a swing and a miss down there than I've done here on hitting the Mark Sports. Look at terrible. But, you know, looking around this thing, there's bigger stories than that. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest stories is the fact that Boston is no joke. Boston kind of cruised into the playoffs. Everybody was down on Boston. All of a sudden, it's playoff time, and holy shit, this is the Boston team that we expected for 82 games during the regular season. Right now, I think Boston is the best-looking team inside of the East, and that's no disrespect to Milwaukee. Well, we talk about second seasons, and you talk about when you know how to play when you get there, and it's obvious right now the team that they have assembled in Boston is completely, you know, heads and shoulders above everyone else. Well, Kyrie, what's he looking at? He has not lost uh, a first-round series in like 16 attempts. Yeah, Kyrie is playing out of his mind. And if this thing comes down to Game 7 and you're down by one, who do you want taking that last shot? Is it going to be Kyrie Irving or is it going to be Giannis, the MVP of the league, I'm going with Kyrie. Well, right now, you know, the playoffs define you in the NBA. That's what makes or breaks you. And Kyrie knew that. You know, you just get through. You make sure you survive. I mean, as long as you're flipping around 500%, you're going to have an opportunity. Then you go to the next level. That's what the NBA is all about. Giannis leads the Milwaukee Bucks to their first playoff series win since 2001. They go over the Detroit Pistons. This thing was never even close. Milwaukee just looks like this unstoppable force. It's going to be real interesting when they start getting into some of these teams with a lot of playoff experience, though, because Detroit is just a young team that doesn't know any better right now. Well, and here's what happens. You know, we're going back here. It's a second season, and you're seeing teams in the East now that are having a chance when you've lost one of that powerhouse in Cleveland that are having an opportunity to learn how to – so they need to take these as – I don't want to knock any of these franchises because watch out for them in a year or two when they get this experience under their belt. Yep, absolutely. Utah stays alive against Houston. They go, they win last night 107-91. Houston still leads the series three games to one. Donovan Mitchell goes off 31.7 boards, four assists. This series is over, though, right? Like, this, I, I, this is just Utah prolonging the inevitable. Well, Houston's going to win this thing. I wouldn't be surprised to see Utah get another one because we're talking about playoff experience. Again, that franchise knows how to do it. I could see them getting one, but ultimately this goes to Houston, which, which pains my heart because what is everything that is wrong with NBA basketball, Houston, we have a problem. Well, yeah, but I agree, but I will give Houston credit. Because the other night, James Harden goes like 0 for 15 from the floor, and they still end up winning the game. So I will give them credit there that without their star player, James Harden, going off, they can still go out there and win a playoff game. I don't know. Did you see the, did you see the clip of him uh, selling like Dolph Ziggler? Guy was like four feet away from him. He's flopping. Right? He is everything that is wrong with professional basketball to me. I, and I hope he just gets exposed. In every angle. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, my feeling on the biggest cancer in the NBA here in just a minute. Toronto leads Orlando three games to one. Any chance that the Magic come back and win this series? 
I think Toronto just feels upset that they even lost one right now. You know, they, they have to be on a mission knowing that LeBron is gone. They have to prove themselves or, you know, they were nothing. Yeah, Boston's waiting. Good luck with that. Uh, Philly leads Brooklyn three games to one. I feel like this series is over, too. This is Philly just like the Eastern Conference playoffs. It just feels like we're prolonging the inevitable. Let's just move on to the second round already. Well, you know, that's the problem. You know, with, the, with we're going to talk a little NHL, I'm sure, unless we get cut here. But, you know, those have been intense first rounds. This is almost of a first round. We're just waiting for that next group, that next crop of best of seven to really decide the best of the best in the NBA. Then we go out west and things start to get interesting. One of the teams that I kind of picked as a dark horse in the Western Conference playoffs, the San Antonio Spurs, who are given the Denver Nuggets all they can handle. This thing is all tied up at two, and this is where playoff experience really comes into play. And you got Greg Popovich over there on the San Antonio sidelines. Denver's feeling it. Well, yo, everyone talks about when we lose a player, when you lose Kobe, when you lose Michael, when Magic went away. What's the league going to feel like, like when Popo goes away? Yeah, I, I thought Popovich was absolutely fantastic. They went to him for a comment coming out of halftime, asked about the defense and what they were going to change, and Popovich says, I'm going to invent a new language. And then he turns around and walks away and goes back to the bench. What, I love me some what, Popovich. What do you think? Well, you know, when it's said and done here, you know, two years after he retires, where does he rank among the greatest coaches? He, I mean, he's got to be arguably right up there. Oh, yeah. And especially if he can get the job done without Tony Parker and without Tim Duncan, without the Admiral, it's going to his place inside of NBA history, especially in a small market like San Antonio. History will be very, very nice to Greg Popovich. And, and you talk about, you know, as we're if, at our core, we're wrestling people, and we have arguments about Hall of Fame all the time. If there's a Hall of Fame speech that you don't shed a tear for when Popo goes in there, then you just hand in your sports card, your, your fandom is, card. If Pop's speech is induction speech, he doesn't rip on every member of the media that's there, I will be very, very disappointed. Portland leads OKC. This series is over. But this series also at three games to one. And, Rick, I, the bigger story here is Russell Westbrook. Because Russell Westbrook, inside of the playoffs, just doesn't work. He's the sexy sports car when it snows outside. Does it work anywhere? You know, it's that it's that hot girl you pick up the bar that has no substance. She can't carry a conversation. She can't cook breakfast the next morning. Sure, it looks good when you're walking out the door, but it does nothing post closing time. And this is this is something the NBA has to realize. This is an exposure of part of the system right now. It's a shooter's league. And you now, can't just take you can't take the Ferrari and put it into a a demolition derby. And now the cancer is spreading to Paul George because Russell Westbrook has been on this. You know, he goes to the post game interview and they ask him a question and he just says, next question. Now Paul George is on this bullshit too. It's, it's, it's like the whole Marshawn Lynch thing inside of the NFL. I'm just here so I don't get fined. This is a terrible look for the NBA, especially in a small market like Oklahoma City. Hey, like I said, back to our core, we're wrestling guys. This is one of the worst gimmicks right up there with Sami Zayn's pulling right now. You, you don't poke the bear. You don't anger everything just to, 
to chub yourself up for whatever reaction you want. I, I wonder, you know, if you're another team out there, I mean, what does what does this show you? These these types of players have to go in. These big contracts don't have to be up. Isn't Westbrook right now? You know, before they sign these next deals, the highest paid player in that league. Yeah, and he's still got four years left on that deal. And there's a no trade clause. And even if they cut him, it's sixty million dollars worth of dead money. Okay, see you later. Yep. Paul George, very disappointed in him. Russell Westbrook versus Damian Lillard. That's been the story to watch here. Damian Lillard is all up in Russell Westbrook's head. The the only good thing about this series has been the emergence of Damian Lillard as a legit star inside of the NBA. The only sad thing is he plays in Portland. Well, you know, the only way he could get more in Westbrook's head is, is if he bought a third row seat and started heckling him. Maybe you should start calling him Ronnie. Call him a little weirdo. Maybe that'll work. Let's talk about the NHL playoffs before we wrap this thing up. Columbus sweeps Tampa Bay. Huckleberry, I am all in on your Columbus Blue Jackets. Artemi Panarin is the freaking man. I'm still pissed off that we traded that little kid. Uh, I, I really like what Columbus is doing, and this is great for the NHL. You have the Tampa Bay Lightning tied for the greatest regular season in NHL history, and then you get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first freaking round. God bless the Stanley Cup. Hey, you know what? I got a few credit here, John. We're talking about all these other playoffs, and we've done this here since we started HTM Sports. When you're defining these second seasons, Hockey is the one sport where if you get hot in a position, you can change everything, every dynamic. You can rewrite history. We're seeing that here with the Blue Jackets. And we've seen it time and, you know, time and time again through that chase to the most grueling, the most grueling hunt for a championship in sports is the Stanley Cup. There, There's something. I actually was there when they got – you know, that win, game three. Robin Nelson and I are up there watching some Ring of Honor. We were in Columbus, so that vibe, that excitement, they can taste it. They are hungry. Such an amazing accomplishment to grab that victory in the first round, making history, defeating uh, Tampa Bay, right, the, the greatest regular season ever. You have to put that behind you. You have to put that behind you because now – that, that was the second season. Now you're on to the third season when we're talking hockey. As bad as your Indiana Pacers prediction was, my Pittsburgh Penguins prediction was almost as bad. The Islanders sweep out the Penguins. I thought the playoff experience would show up, and it absolutely didn't. You know, they, the, the Penguins are who we thought they were. They just didn't show up for the playoffs like I thought they would. Well, I think, you know, each I agreed with you there, but I think we were saying, you know, in short, the ex- Islanders themselves. Well, yeah, because they're the Islanders. You know, if this was the Rangers, we wouldn't be making this mistake, but it's the Islanders. The Mets of the rink. Yep, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Two of the best words in sports, Game 7. We got a pair of them going down inside of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. One tonight, one tomorrow night. Tonight, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins, two original six teams going to Game 7 in Boston tonight. This is really, really hard for me because I dislike both teams so much. 
I don't even care who wins. Hopefully they just beat each other up and this goes like 18 overtimes. Come on, you know, you're talking about magical words like game seven. But when you add on that apostrophe, game seven in Boston, I don't care what sport we're talking about. There's magic behind it. People should be excited. Yeah, that place will be rocking tonight. Then we have the Washington Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes. Game 7 going down on Wednesday. Obviously not the history that the Bruins and the Maple Leafs have, but I am all in on Carolina. Let's not only take out the number one seed in the East in the first round, let's take out the defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round as well. Go Carolina! Go Canes! I'm all in. I, I'm with you on that one, man. Hey, let's just let's just ride it out. You know, hey, board up your windows, board up your doors. Let's ride it out. In the West, we have the Predators falling to the Dallas Stars, two to one in overtime. Dallas wins that series, four games to two. Blues take out the Winnipeg Jets in six. That one was very, very disappointing. I was really pulling for Winnipeg. You know, one of the teams I always pull for is whoever's playing the fucking Blues. Hate those guys. The Colorado Avalanche take out the number I hate one every, seed. I hate everyone. Well, I'm a Blackhawks fan. It's in my DNA to hate the Blues. Then we have the Avalanche take out the number one seed, Calgary Flames. That's right. The the, the Eastern Conference number one seed, out. Western Conference number one seed, out. Eight seeds over strong. I love the NHL. That's all I can say. I love the NHL. Then tonight we also have another Game 7. San Jose Sharks at Las Vegas Golden Showers. I mean, Golden Knights. Um, Rick, this is going to be interesting to see how Vegas responds for a Game 7. Well, I don't know. You know, going back to the day when I first fell in love with hockey on that, I was a huge Sharks fan, so they got a little special spot in the heart here. Uh, I've got to root for San Jose here. I, I don't even know if I necessarily care which team wins. I'm just curious to see what a Las Vegas crowd is going to do for a Game 7 if they actually get the tradition that goes into Game 7 inside the NHL. Well, my, my only take on Vegas is, no matter if it's a slot machine or a hooker, all I've ever been is fucked. That is a great quote right there. like that. Let's talk a little bit of baseball real quick. Um, because me and the professor Chabella Petter Cruz, we kind of got into it yesterday. He's already shitting all over the Yankees. The Yankees are terrible. Their season is all over the place. They're up and they're down. And we got guys all over the, the roster that are hurt and guys on the 10 day DL. And I'm like, dude, it's a 162 game season. We're 20 games in. Everybody just calm the fuck down. It's April. Baseball doesn't even matter until July. Which, which is really surprising for a gentleman that's been defending WWE for the last five years, and now he's ready to drop on his team after 20 games. Just ridiculous. Tampa Bay Rays, the best record in baseball, 15-8. and eight. Yeah, 15-8. and eight. That's the best record in baseball. Rick... You know, everybody was super, super pumped for opening day, and there's always the pageantry that goes around opening day. Here we are 20 days later, and nobody cares. 
Well, that's the story of baseball. No, this is an exciting stretch for sports in itself. You know, you have the opening day week and all that. And then, you know, not everyone has to buy into these things. You know, you have the national championship. You have the NFL draft. You have the NBA playoffs. You have the NHL playoffs. You have the Masters, which they've restructured golf a little bit here. Hey, which is going to take away steam anyway. Tiger's back in the picture. Baseball's falling into that law. It's almost – we could almost turn baseball until, you know, our birthday's in July and heading into the All-Star break. Yeah, that's that's pretty much when, when baseball season really gets going is coming out of the All-Star break. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening. And if you haven't already – please hit that subscribe button. Then find us at hittingthemarks.com. Drop a subscribe over there so you never miss any content from the HTM Podcast Network, including Huckleberry and I Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, this week on Monday on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo, RBV, where do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? Well, you know, right now, here this evening, you can find me at Chicken Grill, where I'm going to be digging into a delicious Cincinnati style. We're talking, we're talking the real deal here. This is Cincinnati's original, famous Empress Chili Cheese Coating. I'm about to throw down. This is what I'm just teasing with. I'm about to throw down about 12 of these things. You can come see me here this evening. I'm going to go eat some tacos. Happy Taco Tuesday, everybody. That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you Friday, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Cincinnati tacos.